yeah, start recording now. Now I'm having more trouble. Why is this so stupid? Hi friends, and welcome to another episode of the Reading Queen podcast. I guess I would say not another episode because it's been a while. So welcome to a new episode of the Reading Queens podcast in the summer of 2023. (laughs) Uh, We are still on a break. Don't get too excited. This is just kind of like a summer. I guess it's not even midsummer. It's just beginning of summer catch up to see where we're at with our reading, where uh, what we're doing, what we're up to. I am joined by two ladies today. So please say hello. Hello, it's Abby. Hi, I'm Tess. <laughs> and I did not tell him which order to go with. So <laughs> I'm so glad going, Abby yeah. jumped on top of it. So I was yeah. like, I'm usually last. We usually do alphabetical order. And yeah, she got it. <laughs> I'm, I'm on top of it. <laughs> yeah, they're great. They're great. They're reading my minds because over my mind, my minds. I apparently have multiple today. It's fine. Might, yeah, maybe. Oh, you don't you never know. Okay. So as you could tell, chaotic episode already. I love it. I'm here for it. Um, it's been a couple of weeks <laughs> since we recorded. So it always feels like. I don't know, first day of school, I guess, for me, because I'm the one who sets it all up. And I'm just like, I have to be active and happy and recording and all this stuff. And so (laughs) words do not come easily. Okay. But anyway, we're here. We're going to see what we're being up to. Um, Abby, please tell us about your life in the summer. (laughs) Well, my life has been chaotic. I've actually done a surprising amount of reading considering the chaos. So I feel really proud of myself. All the pats on the back. I've just, um, yeah, I have not been doing my writing stuff, which I need to pick that back up. (laughs) So I've been, I like decided, oh, you know, we're having a kid. I need to do all the DIY projects, all of them, all at once, all of them now. And so I've been like renovating our bathroom and the kid bathroom and the nursery, all this (laughs) stuff. And I tore my abs because apparently that's a thing. You can tear your abs (laughs) in and Yeah. So no more DIY for me, which means more reading time, more writing time. But now I got to like get my brain back into that creative space rather than like, yeah. And so I just was realizing just how far I let everything slide. And I've got two books like on my computer that need my attention. And I'm like, oh, not (laughs) even the stuff like I was hoping to do. Oh boy. But yeah, so that's been my life is that oh and drinking chocolate milk I this is my third glass mm. of chocolate milk this morning so, <laughs> it's a problem. yeah no <laughs> I don't know why I'm like it just it tastes and sounds so good I need it but <laughs> yeah so for some books I've been reading this summer I okay so here are some of my favorites uh, the blighted stars by Megan O'Keefe so I've read 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 I read <laughs> I read her other series so sci-fi, and it's really, I really like it because it's like an enemies to romance, um, enemies to romance, enemy, gosh, you're you know, your enemies brains. to romance, it's not just, me, uh, it's not just <laughs> you, oh my goodness, maybe it's the chocolate milk, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so enemies to lovers, romance, you know, distant planet, it's a duology, so had tons of, I just needed my sci-fi fix, and mm-hmm. then I read Hello Beautiful, which is a modern-ish, so set like 60s to 2010, retelling of Little Women. And I love it. Yeah. So like, what if, you know, the the four girls and Laurie, like, 
what if they were set in a more modern era? What might their relationships look like? What, what would they do? It's just, I really liked it. And they kind of dove into mental illness a bit, which was really awesome. And then, of course, I had to pick up Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. Everyone's <laughs> on the hype. About it, all the hype. <laughs> yeah. And I actually enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. So I like I'm kind of suspicious of hype books, you know? Yeah. Yep. But yeah. But I really did. I loved the whole like dragon military school. I love because you know, like when somebody bonds with a dragon, they have to have something unique about their bond if they're a main character. So I liked like their little twist of uniqueness on that. And what I really loved though was her disability. Because you don't you just don't see that. And I really appreciated having a character with a physical disability that she had to work through. And she wasn't stupid about it. And that all like because that also is one of my biggest pet peeves is when <laughs> like you have something you ha- like, and I'm saying this as someone with their own disability. <laughs> and so like when you you know you're not cap- like you physically cannot do something and they go do it anyway. And I just want to scream at that person. Like you are setting yourself up to like die. Why? Why? Like, don't be stupid. But what I like about her was that she was not setting herself up to be stupid. She was setting herself up to be a scribe and to be smart, which works with her disability. And then life happened, AKA her mom happened. And she's forced into like, you know, a different situation, AKA dragons. So I just like <laughs> that. She wasn't like stupid about it. And I usually am not a huge fan of love triangles. But I appreciated how she also wasn't stupid about her love triangle. Like, she I'm thought glad, things. Uh, yeah, I felt like that one was like a love triangle I could handle because from the very start, from the first page, the love triangle, the, 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 the male who doesn't get the girl, I did yeah. not like him. I had bad vibes from page one. And so I feel like when I can't handle love triangle is when I'm like, really invested or like the character keeps getting wishy-washy but yeah I thought that one like I already was like like I can smell that this is the one yeah. that I don't root for right away yeah you could just tell and like the way she kind of logicked it out like oh this guy wouldn't be a good fit for me da, da, da. or just she wasn't stupid and I like when p- characters aren't stupid <laughs> like, but yeah it did surprise me though that it was marketed as I thought it was an adult fantasy, and then I started reading it, going, "This is like an upper YA, like just how very, upper YA yeah, is written." It was very like YA uh, in the style. Yeah, and then I looked, and it was marketed as, um, or like somewhere it was like new adult fantasy, and I was going, "So new adult is back? Like when did that happen? <laughs> like I thought it's that like died off." It's a thing off. that's not a thing. It's like one of those. Um, it's like one of those ones that like it's still. Like it definitely exists, but it just doesn't exist on the on the at the bookstore. And yeah, so that's yeah. like I heard. I think Elise Kova talked about this. I think it was like in her newsletter or something where she has a book release coming out from a traditional publisher, and, and it's in that I think that new adult kind of. Uh, or no, maybe it was adult. But anyway, she did define what new adult was, and it, it and kind of went through like that. When you write in that, you have to choose whether you're going to put it in young adult categories or adult categories. And a lot of that depends on what you think your reader expectations are going to be. So I can see why fourth wing chose adult for their new adult book, because 
you know, there was a lot of swearing, there was a lot more spice, but it was, it had that YA feel. And that might even be why yeah. it's doing so well. Is it, yeah. I think it hits that sweet spot for readers who love YA, but want spice. And there's so much of that or who love YA, but want it to be a little more mature in the decision-making, I guess. So I don't know. I was, anal- I, I listened to an audiobook, So I analyzed it as an author. As you're doing. <laughs> I'm just yeah. trying to figure yeah. out like, like, what is, what is this doing? So, cause I expect it to be way more adult. And I was like, wait, this yeah. is like very YA. So I'm like, yeah. you know, there is a lot of us like, like, and I'm, I'm one of those, re- I don't need spice. I do like steamy romance, but I don't need spice, but I know there's a lot of readers right now who need spice or at least need more mature uh, decision-making and plot from their characters, but still have that love for the YA plot, the pacing and things like that. So I'm like, I can kind of see why this hit the sweet spot for a lot of people. I think it also, we talked about this, I think when we did like the popular book talk books, I maybe with, I think Stacy read this book and we talked about it, but I think it hit a lot with like the millennials and stuff, especially like older people who really love Divergent and Hunger Games because it mm-hmm. has that same yeah. feel to it. It's just like put into a new setting with like, dragons. like you said, yeah, with dragons and also spice. Like it's the stuff that, they wanted like they would love to see in Divergent but never get to see because that was like heavily you know young adults but now it's like hitting with that because a lot of like the readers that I see that love this book like on book talk and stuff like that is people my age it's not yeah. like teenagers it's people like my age so yeah it's like, okay it's, it is like millennial like age group that's getting that like early 210s young adult into this yes. adult setting and getting like all that feel so that's I feel like that's like a huge reason why it's doing so so well and obviously the sprayed edges helped yeah <laughs> the limited yeah. edition sprayed edges where it's like it's when I saw it and people were like flipping out I'm like that's just black with a dr- with white dragon stencils yeah like, people are flipping out about it like they're not super intricate they are cool and they're limited editional but yeah people flipping out if it's like plain edges they're like oh this one's not the cool one I'm like you could just do that with some spray paint and a stencil <laughs> yeah well Tess you're a professional at this now yeah I'm like I'm gonna spray paint and it's gonna get everywhere and I'll be wearing it and the book will like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know that because like book two is they, they you know they released the cover for it or whatever and they're not having dragons on the edges it's just black and people were flipping out online about it. They're just like, no. And I think maybe Waterstone is having uh, some dragons or something like that. Like it's a special edition stuff. So like, I bet the UK is about to sell a lot of <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> because of that, which is really interesting. I always, I always find the whole sprayed edges thing fascinating because in the States, it's such a big deal to have a book off the shelf that has sprayed edges. But yeah. in the UK, it's such a normal thing. <laughs> like you just, I mean, maybe they're not like pretty, you know, stenciled, whatever, but they are, they have so many that are just sprayed edges. And it's just like, it makes it look cooler. Because when I was in Scotland, I have, I bought specifically books with spread edges. Because I was just like, <laughs> these are books on my list that I haven't picked up yet. Oh, look, they have pretty uh, end papers, like, and spread edges. Let me just pick this up. And it's just like a standard for a lot of bookstores so it really is just interesting like as a as a publisher to see the way people hype that <laughs> yeah. up and stuff well yeah. even like especially because when you're shelving the books you don't see the edges you yeah. don't shelve them <laughs> edges out you show them spine out so you don't ever see it because especially when you're reading 
the book is open. You're not going to see it anyway. So the only time is like when it's sitting on the counter judging you for not reading it. (laughs) You know that the edges are sprayed and you know that that has increased the value of this book. Yeah. You know, does it actually in the cool crowd? I will say I d- I display my sprayed edges book edges out. I have because I have enough I was now. Where say I have two that. shelves. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I do. I have one that has all my like dark colors, like mostly black or like black with a stenciled color, and then all my rainbow colors. And they have them in rainbow order. So I'm like, like I'm gonna take advantage of having so yeah. many sprayed edge books and display them edges out. I think a lot of people. Uh, that do like fairy loot or whatever yeah. subscriptions okay, they yeah, have yeah, shelves. Yeah. You get a lot spray. over time and you're yep. like, I have a ton of these now. <laughs> yep, yep. I know. I'm like, I don't have that many, but mine would mostly just be one color because mine are UK books. So they don't have special stuff. They just oh, have the color. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, unless I do have that very pretty Divine Rivals book with really pretty yeah. straight edges. Somebody... <laughs> Uh, gifted me so you know Uh, I think that's my prettiest uh, edges book actually if I if I'm like looking at my shelf right now those edges are really cute with like the Mm -hmm. letters yeah yes is your you're having a book release soon right does that one have sprayed edges oh for mine yes yeah yeah yeah. I I just had a book release but that was for a regular book um I released a dream so wicked which is my sleeping beauty retelling and that was just that was just regular release but I am releasing um special editions of all my entangled with fey books i've already released curse the wolf king and then last friday i released heart of the raven prince and those all have sprayed edges uh and we diy those my husband does them and then i go through because when you do your own sprayed edges you need to separate the edges just to make sure none stick so i go through and i separate every single page edge so it takes a lot of work but uh i'm it's kind of nice i actually kind of like doing it like I like having that routine of having like a, an hour or two where I like separate my book pages while listening to an audiobook and then I like sign them and package them um so yeah I, I sprayed edges are like heavily integrated into my life on a daily level right now I love it. I love <laughs> how, how long does it take to do it uh so my husband has a really good like workflow so we use like an airbrush machine which that takes a lot longer than like let's say a can of spray paint but uh it does it works really well for consistency and for not breathing in like fumes and stuff so he has this whole system (laughs) there's like a lot of cleaning involved of the spray gun so I don't know a bunch about that but he showed me how he does it he has like uh well oh man First, you have to protect the books. You have to take off the dust jacket and you have to cover the the front and back hardcover, which we use sheet protectors and we cut them in half. So you just slip them over. You can reuse them afterward. So listen, people, if anyone wants to spray their own edges, (laughs) I found a pretty good system. So we use those sheet protectors and we slip them over each side and then we tape up the spine, tape up the like part where like, so it doesn't get on any of the paper. Um, and then he clamps them together, which he has these huge clamps in a stack of like six and he will put them. We have a work table out in the garage and he sprays the edges. He's really diligent. Like I've seen some, uh, sprayed edge people, they just do one coat, but like he has his own way. I'm not going to get in the way of how he does it. He does three <laughs> very fine coats of the paint. Mm. Um, and then after that you have to like, it's really time consuming. Cause it's just, you take you are, once you're done with that and they're dry then you take off the sheet protectors and the tape and then you do the uncrunching is what I call it yeah it's and we do um each book I'm doing drops of 250 um so that is and because that's all I can like that's all I can handle in 
two yeah. months. I give myself yeah, yeah. two months to do 250 and then I'm moving on to the next book. And then by the end of the year, I should have all five of my books out by next year. I'll do second batches because everyone's asking like, when are you going to do restocks? I'm like, there's only so many books I can do <laughs> in two months. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of books to do, but it's, it's, I, like I said, I really like the routine of it. It's kind of fun. Like, especially since my husband's doing half the work. I'm not doing that that's much. <laughs> that is helpful. Yes. Yes. No, I wish I could cool. train my dogs to do that. That, that like, would be great. Right. It's like, what, what are, are you here rent? for? <laughs> what are you here for? Yeah. He's like helpful. underneath my desk right now, warming my oh. feet. So. Oh, that's very useful. Yeah. yeah exactly. He's my feet warmer. But really, if you could spray edges, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, we have our whole household of uh, it's like, like animal companions doing the work for us. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Trained menagerie. <laughs> yeah. The author menagerie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be great. I always think that I, anytime I see Tessa's books or any like Kickstarter for pretty editions, I'm just like, oh, I want to be ambitious. And I want to do my fairy tale retellings all pretty. And then I'm just like, but I am one person. I would have to do it all myself. Yeah. And that is just not fun. It's a me. lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. But they look great, you know, and I love that your readers love it so much because you already have such beautiful books. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they're just like, give me special editions. Like, that's amazing. That's like I will say I was not sure how that would do because like I do, I already have hardcovers that have a pretty dust jacket and they have standard edition it has pretty character art underneath the hardcovers my readers really love that but then I got an opportunity to make Curse of the Wolf King into a special edition and then decided to do the whole series but I was like I'm not going to care like it's just it's really <laughs> like just a different version it's just a totally different hardcover and then totally different character art the cool thing though you guys is that I do all my normal editions of art myself I am the illustrator for all that but I don't do any of the art for the special edition so that's that's like what makes it special to me is I'm like I didn't do any of this this is someone else's brain I have <laughs> yeah. a brain. different interpretation and so yeah. I do think that's really cool is seeing a completely different style like I redid them I wouldn't even be motivated because I'd be like you're just gonna get my art like just a little different but this is a totally different artist she's amazing I love her work and so it is it's different so it's you know and because I got it from a specialty printer there's gold foil so like I had to to step it up a little bit so it's not just like a regular printing it's shiny gold foil which is like I salivate Ugh. over gold foil so beautiful beautiful yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love the fact that we just like fangirl over our own books sometimes <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun for me to hear like Tess freaking out about her own books like it's just like yes girl yes <laughs> this is great yeah so that's fun Abby, do you have any other books to share? Yeah, we like just hijacked Abby's entire introduction and update. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. I actually read Trust by Hernan Diaz. So this was a Pulitzer Prize winner. I think, no, 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 this year. This year, one of this, I think there was two Pulitzer Prize winners this year. So as as you can tell, my like, my year long thriller, murder, blood binge has ended and I'm switch I'm like kind of going a little literary for a bit hence yeah. the full surprise and actually I had a huge conversation with Kristen about this book because it was so fascinating to me so the structure of it okay you can you can jump in and hijack if you want but I think okay 
So the it was so interesting. It's set in like the 1920s initially. And it basically follows this guy who is like a genius stock market person, whatever, makes a ton of money. And then like the Great Depression happens and then basically makes more money off of it. And then everyone gets mad at him. His wife gets sick and dies. And that's kind of like the gist of it. But like the first, gosh, it's like the first 40% of the book you're reading about this guy. And I actually like, like his wife, da, 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 da. She's got um, like some depression or like a mental illness or something like that dealing with it. And then it's sw- like, it abruptly stops. And then the next like chunk of the book is part of an autobiography. It's a draft of an autobiography. And as you're reading this draft, you're going, wait a second. This guy is like, his details are really similar to this main character that was in the first 40%. Hold up a second. So is, okay, is this like a fiction book? And then this guy is like writing the autobiography. It was the book based off the autobiography, da, 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 da. And then it like jumps again to a gal who is interviewing like a big money man who made a bunch of money off the great depression his wife had cancer and died and you kind of start to figure out oh my goodness she was hired to write this autobiography in the voice of this guy because he was mad that a fiction book came out about his life and like and then like interesting yeah and then like as it gets going and again, and now we're like at 70, 80, 90% of the book or whatever. And then it, it interweaves like her perspective of getting the autobiography down or like her process and her in the future coming back to the house and doing research on the wife. So then you're kind of going, wait a second. So is the story actually about the wife and how she's kind of lost in history and just like the narrative around women and da 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 and like how she was portrayed in the fiction book how she's portrayed in the autobiography and like now this the lady who did the initial investigating is now going back to try to figure out more about the wife and then the very last like chunk is portions of the what like the true wife's diary and you kind of like figure out okay she really is like da 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 but it's it was so interesting because i feel like this wouldn't have I don't think it could be published unless this guy he already had won a big award for his previous book so it's mm-hmm. so experimental it's like there's no way he could have just come in off the street and gotten this published he had to have like that big backing first in order to do this so it was just super interesting because it was like Pulitzer Prize winner and all this stuff I'm like yeah like as a smaller author there's no way I could get away with this in the trad world unless I had like <laughs> yeah there's yeah no way or even like someone who does indie there's no way like experimental doesn't really fly in indie so much so it was just it was just kind of a study in okay yeah this is brilliant it's like cool but this only works for certain people Mm -hmm. and it just really just made me think about like publishing and trad publishing and how almost there's a okay it's going to sound weird like there's a privilege in the stories you get to tell no, it does. That doesn't sound yeah. weird. Okay, I think okay. that's really true, especially for stuff like the Pulitzer or the Booker Prize or anything like that. You really have to hit it with a very specific group of people, the judges. Like it's not a public opinion that gets you these prizes. It's very specific mindset of people that pick it up. So I think a lot of times when those books do get published, it is for people who have established themselves, and then mm-hmm. they get to basically write a book 
that they specifically will submit for those prizes. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what it felt know like. That it will, yeah, because they know they'll hit it with them. And it's like, because sometimes I'll look at like the big winners and stuff like that, like Pulitzer, Booker or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, who is this written for? Like, it wasn't <laughs> written for the public. Like I'm like, I will start reading this book and I'm just like, okay, like this is, I thought this would be something that I would be interested in, but it just like, it doesn't work for me at all. And it's because it's written for those judges. It's written for that specific thing so that you can get that basically accolade of winning that prize. And I don't know, sometimes it just feels, it's it's very unfair for people like, you know, for me, I'm just like, I don't write books that are going to hit with those judges, but what if I need a Pulitzer or a Booker in order to go somewhere or achieve something? What if that's like something that there is very recognizable, but there's no way for me to get that because <laughs> I write romance and that's not something yeah. that they're going to judge. You know what I mean? So yeah. it isn't like a very specific, like privileged writer group, I guess. That yeah, would get yeah. Those. So yeah. Yeah. Cause that- I was even just sitting, I like, after I finished it, I was like, I did enjoy this. I did enjoy it. It was mm-hmm. very extreme. I enjoyed it. But like, I was sitting there going, how would I have restructured this book to try to fit, like to tell the same mm-hmm. story, but to fit it as someone who's like never been trad published before, or like as an indie author. Well, like, I don't even think it would fly as an indie, like the whole no, st- yeah. idea, but like coming in, say you're a fresh writer off the query letter, like how would you restructure this to kind of fit? So it's not as experimental, but you still get those experimental vibes. How so would you just pitch like, this to an agent? I know, I know. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, because I, I didn't read the blurb very like so much before I went mm-hmm. into it. And so it did take me like 50, 60% of the book to figure out, oh, this is this, this is this, this is this. Because even how they blurbed it, it didn't quite match the format of the book. yeah it was it was just I like it I like puzzles and so and that's how they kind of this is a literary puzzle but like even the twist at the end it didn't really come across as a twist to me because I was like Mm. oh I kind of know where this is going but just I don't know it was just really interesting it was an interesting thought experiment to sit down and try to figure out how would I how would I have done this differently still trying to do the same story trying to come in off the street without like a big name win behind me but yeah. yeah, it just, I don't know. Okay. Don't mind us, guys. This is our writer brains. This is yes, what we do. Be sure for writer brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just like, okay. No, that's, that is very interesting. I, I think that, I think that way too. Sometimes when I read something that's just like more, I guess you would say mainstream or something outside of like how I would pitch it or whatever. And I'm just like, what? I don't, this makes no sense to me, but cool. Good for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or even like as a reader, cause I like, I love reading all over the map. Mm -hmm. And so just the, like, if those books are the Pulitzer prize winners, but I want like more access to books, like there's just, there's not as many because Mm -hmm. they're not getting published unless you're going straight to that prizey, prizey, fancy thing, or, (laughs) you know, indie style is just different because it's marketed it's just different and so yeah yeah, it was just interesting sitting there as a reader going I like this stuff I like this style I would want more of it how would I get more of it outside of this Pulitzer regime regime's the wrong word (laughs) (laughs) yeah that would be a hard thing to find more of like more weird books that are literary 
Yeah. <laughs> literary yeah. puzzles. <laughs> literary yeah, yeah. puzzles. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's at least a catchphrase for that. So let's, if anyone knows of any other ones like that, send them to Abby. She wants to read more. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Also middle grade unicorn books. I have oh. two, two nieces who are voracious unicorn book readers mm. and I've like run out of suggestions for them. So I need more, more unicorns <laughs> in my life. All right. Okay. Send those to her as well come on you guys yeah you know very specific I love it I love it <laughs> all right Tess tell us tell us something about your your life now all right well my life update we already kind of did when we hijacked uh Abby's talk <laughs> yeah. so I'll just reiterate okay. I released a book um Woo. a like two weeks ago or a week ago. I don't remember what day is it. Who knows? Uh, it's called A Dream two So weeks. Wicked. It's a Sleeping Beauty retelling. Or, well, yeah, Sleeping Beauty. Every time I say that, I'm like, <laughs> did I just say Beauty and the Beast? No. Okay. Sleeping Beauty retelling for real. That's what it is. It is the fifth book in my Entangled with Faye series, which are all standalones. So when my readers are like, can I really start at this book if I've never read your other books? I'm like, yes, please trust me. You can read it first. Um, and it is, it was such a fun book to write and it's getting really great feedback from my readers it is a uh there's lots of enemies to lovers villain gets the girl the uh, he's a um you know he's not a super villainy villain because he bakes cakes and he has a soft side <laughs> uh and um I can't remember what else I was gonna say it was gonna be important oh and there's like Romeo and Juliet vibes but like they don't die at the end so I, <laughs> I've, I've seen a lot of my readers catching on I never gave that in like the marketing materials because I didn't want people to get worried and think that it was gonna be yeah. like a bad ending but a lot of my readers have picked up on it, even though I didn't mention it. They're like, this has very Romeo and Juliet vibes. So I'm like, yes, they are, but they don't die at the end. So just trust me. It's going to be a happy ending, just like all my other books. Um, so that happened. Uh, my special editions, that happened on Friday. So that soon I will be back to the decrunching of pages. Um, but other than that, that's pretty much it. Oh, except for dogs. I'm not going to go into dogs, but y'all, I want to foster a dog. And we are waiting to see if that's going to happen. But we're not going to talk about this podcast because it's it would take too long. Uh, for book reading. Um, so I, after I finished a dream so wicked and was in that, like, I finished editing it and I was in like the marketing stage, my like stress levels kind of eased out. And I was like, oh man, I'm back into the the reading groove. And I read so many books. I read Aurora Rising. I read Tress of the Emerald Sea. Um, I read a lot of books on audio because of the whole decrunching my straight edge pages. I listened mm -hmm, to audiobooks. Mm -hmm. So I read a lot of audiobooks. I'm not going to list them all because I listened to a lot, but one of them was Fourth Wing. Um, and I, ah. I really like that one as well. I probably didn't love it as much as like the hype, but again, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I guess yeah. I get suspicious around hype books as well, but I did really like it. I thought it was fun. I'll listen to the next one. Um, and so I, I read a bunch of books. I liked a bunch of books and then, uh, yeah, now I'm starting my next book, which is the third book in my epic romanticy trilogy. And my brain just, I had one or two good book, good weeks of reading. And now my brain is back to like, not reading. I've been reading Divine Rivals for like two weeks. And that's not because I don't like it. I really like it, but my brain doesn't want to. I like open yeah. up the chapter and I'll read a chapter. So I'm in like that. It's like not a reading slump. It's like a reading sloop. It's just my brain doesn't want to. So that's my reading update for the summer. <laughs> but I do, <laughs> I do intend to finish reading Divine Rivals. Um, so you know, I'm just being gentle with my brain and letting it read what it wants to read. Most of the time it just wants to read manga and webtoons because I don't need to use my brain that much for those. But yeah. I'm also beta reading Balia's book, Her Sleeping ah! Beauty. Telling. No, not Sleeping Beauty You're Telling. You guys, that's Snow White. 
no, this one is Snow White. Um, but it's I, I started that one, and my brain is okay with that. My brain Yay. can actually read her book. So yeah, that's what I'm reading. That's my reading update. It's ca- crazy and chaotic, but yeah, thank you for my book here. is also ca- uh, crazy and chaotic. So probably why it's <laughs> maybe that's for why. Brain. Yes, my brain is like connecting with it. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! I guess. <laughs> are you future readers no it's fine we'll fix it that's where I'm at with that it's really good though I mean I'm only a few chapters in and it's really good I actually don't see it as like crazy or chaotic so it's probably mostly just you who thinks that but yeah it probably is because I had a very crazy month trying to write it so (laughs) is this the one you did like 50,000 words in two days yeah (laughs) this is the one I'm like, do Jay, not recommend. I, I, know, I know you like don't recommend it every time, but I'm like, how does she do it? Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I'm going to tell you how I do it by sheer stubbornness. I will, I'm like, refuse to miss my deadline with just every fiber of my being. I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. So on Sunday, I woke up at 6 a.m. I got, I took a shower. I took like a 20 minute nap, got ready for church, went to church, came back, wrote until we went to night service, came back, wrote until 6 a.m. the following morning, did not sleep. (laughs) On a walk with my mom at 6 a.m. before she went to work, went back to my office, worked for like two hours more, took a break to like drink coffee. And then we had our Zoom meeting. (laughs) <laughs> which I don't even remember because I was so tired so like did you sleep at all during this time or was no this just... there was no sleep there was no oh. sleep and then on like Monday afternoon after a zoom call I like formatted everything sent it over to my editor and then took like a two-hour nap and then I woke up in a panic because I was like, oh, no, this book needs like fluff chapters at the end. So I messaged my <laughs> editor and it was like, hey, by the way, I'm going to write you two more chapters that need to be at the end of this book because there needs to be more fluff. This is a fluffy book. And I did not give you enough fluff at the end. And she was like, <laughs> OK, but can you sleep first and then send it to me? <laughs> so writing fluff chapters um instead of two ended up being four so I hope you guys enjoy it that's all I'm gonna say about that I don't think anyone can complain about complain about fluff yeah the more fluff, the better yeah, it was it was very cute I, I very much the thing is is that even with this crazy writing schedule and I struggled a lot with just like getting into the thing is it's like it was really much in my I called it a uh, creative constipation because it was very much in my brain but it wouldn't come out <laughs> <laughs> and I was just very frustrated. And I was just like, just get on paper. Goodness gracious. So yeah, it really just my stubbornness of not meeting like I've not hit uh, or of missing a, a deadline was very much like, let's let's get this done. Um, and I love it so much. I the, the, my my two main characters, I'm obsessed with them. The found family aspect with like the seven mm, warriors. It's that. like, oh, it's so good. chaos but so good. I love them so much. <laughs> I have a character whose main thing is just, he's like a musician. So he just has a balalaika and he just like randomly will walk in and out of scene. Like somebody's like, they're having an argument and you just get like a little soundtrack of him walking through the scene, playing it. <laughs> it's great. Okay? It's like my sister. <laughs> I love it. Um, so anyway, so that was my June. Uh, Bears basically did not read anything. But after I finished, I did read uh, Tessa Bailey's newest one, un- Unfortunately Yours. 
Um, and that was cute. That's like an, an arranged marriage between a, I think he's a Navy SEAL and she is a vineyard Harris, if I remember correctly. Ooh, um, that's cool. And she needs to get her inheritance and he needs a loan from the bank and they hate each other and they're like fine let's just get married it's fine Ooh, um, I like that setup <laughs> yeah the setup was good I did I did enjoy it I did think that they had pretty good chemistry so it helped because I feel like with like my mind always goes to arranged marriages of being like regency or fantasy setting yeah. you know you don't really read a lot of it in like unless you read like mafia romance, which I don't read or mafia web romance. Tunes. Or webtoons. <laughs> or webtoons. So much arranged marriage and contract marriage in webtoons. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. So unless you read those two, you don't really see it in just like a regular setting, everyday setting. Um, so that was really interesting for me to just read it because um there was a little bit of arranged marriage vibes in my Snow White. It just wasn't the main trope, uh, which I do eventually want to write. So it was interesting to see it in that setting. Hmm. And then I did start, um, what is her name? I told I told Tess this earlier and I forgot. Uh, Megan Golding has a new book coming out and it is a, I think it's called Dark Coner. I put my Dark phone somewhere. Corner. Anyway. Ooh. So Sounds like the, something I might like. You would like this. So the first book um, I thought was going to be just a standalone, right? I read this uh, two years ago now, I think, but it's called The Night Swim. And it's about a girl who is, or a woman who is a true crime podcaster. And she takes on this case and ends up solving this case of this person, like in a small town that got, that was like a cold case and she sol solves it. So I thought that was like once in, one and done kind of book, but apparently there's a follow-up of her now having all this notoriety from solving this case. And so now she is invited actually by FBI to this uh, prison because a serial killer is asking for her specifically. And she's like, I don't know who this man is, but here we are. And the thing is, is that it's not out yet. I got an audiobook from the publisher and I am already obsessed with the audiobook. And I'm like 10%, 11% in because you get... The podcast. So the woman, oh, the, the so podcast, cool. and you have like other voice people come in and like if she's interviewing somebody, that person is on the podcast. And then the actual story is stored in third point view. So then you get like the, you know, the actual story told differently. So you have like the actual podcast that you're listening to and the story as an audiobook. And I just really, really like it. And the narrator is great. Like the main narrator, I really like her voice and the way she like tells the story. So I'm very excited about this. This is like, I am putting myself on vacation this week. And some of that is being by the pool and listening to this audiobook. Like, <laughs> you. Okay, um, so is the night swim, should I listen to that audiobook then? So I read the book. I have no idea. I'm, I'm assuming the audiobook is the same way. I would check and see because if it is the same way, highly recommend. Because I read, um, I think I said the book was like over 300 pages and I read it in like one sitting. I really enjoyed Night Swim. I thought that was really well done. The whole concept was really interesting. And she hit some really like heavy topics in like the cold case stuff that I thought was handled so, so well. And um, if that does have an audiobook that has like the multiple narrators, yes, definitely listen to it because I think it's great. Um, but yeah, so um, that is it for my reading that <laughs> has been non-existent, but I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks, I have like a list of books that I want to read 
I downloaded some from like Kindle Unlimited, like Reckless by Elsie Silver came out. I started that. I got like 20% in and went back to deadline. I have uh, a good girl's guide to murder that I'm like 40% in. I need to get back and finish ah, yeah. that. Okay. 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 That okay. one, <laughs> that one, I screamed on the last page. Oh, don't tell me that. No. I can't. <laughs> mm. Erase no, no, it from no. your brain. Mm. No, 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 no. I Don't went worry. into this book not knowing anything specifically because I have a problem. If somebody tells me, oh, there's a twist. Oh, there's a shock. Oh, there's whatever. My brain is like, it figures it out so fast. So I will, you know what, Abby, I will do what I've done before with you. And Good. I will live, live message you my thoughts as I'm reading. <laughs> and Good. you can tell me when I figured it out. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Bring well, it. Now Bring it. I'm just kidding. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Abby, Abby and I have this thing when we read books together, or we don't read books together. We read one, one reads it first and then the other one reads it after, but we always like live message our thoughts onto paper and then send it all off so you could like see the progression of figuring stuff out. <laughs> it's great. It works. Um, especially for like thriller stuff. But yeah, so that was our I was gonna say fast uh update, but it was not a fast update. <laughs> we really just <laughs> needed to hang out apparently. Uh, but yeah, let us know what you guys are reading um, this summer. We'll obviously this will come out this week, so this will be new, and then we'll probably have another catch up maybe um, at the beginning of August with a couple other ladies here to talk about their books and reading. But yeah, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Reading Queens Pod and Facebook as well. Uh, leave us recommendations for summer books or things that you're reading. Follow us both on there and on our podcast platform, your favorite podcast platform. That's that's what I was trying to say. And <laughs> leave us a star rating or a review. Those help. Uh, tell your friends to come listen to our podcast. We are going to be going into season four in the fall and then try to decide what we're going to do next with this. So if you have suggestions, if there's something you want to hear us talk about from reading point of view or writing, let us know because we'll we'll take it into consideration. I will take it into consideration. <laughs> and yeah, that's, I think that will be all for us. Um, have a wonderful rest of summer until we talk to you guys next. And don't forget Unicorn Middle Grade for me. Yeah. <laughs> and Pulitzer Prize Literary Puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> I already forgot. Bye. 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 Bye.